Welcome back to Chat to Ween, everyone. I'm your host, Star Wars Only, joined with a Halloween special, Darth Daddy Lunga and the Goldman. <laughs> uh, you like my uh, my unicorn outfit? It's a uh, classic. I think it's beautiful. It's fantabulous. <laughs> Thank you. Well, happy almost Halloween. Yes. What do you yes. guys? My friends and I were talking about this the other day. What do you do? You guys have a certain name for the night before Halloween? No, you don't. No, you call it I mischief mean, night. This is the night you go and you throw toilet paper over people's houses. You never heard of that? No, we're not. We're not juvenile delinquents like you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not, I don't know who TPs people's houses anymore. Now you just, uh, I haven't done it. I haven't done it in a long time. But <laughs> yeah, we're respectable no, no. members of society, Mister Unicorn Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I should change my name to the unicorn man. Oh well. Now, nowadays, if you want to TP someone's house, you just swat them on the internet, and that doesn't have damage alone. Um, <laughs> well, how how are you guys doing? You guys got any plans for Halloween itself tomorrow night? I am throwing a big, I shouldn't say big party, but a party. Trying to keep the n- numbers down because of the virus, but I'm having uh, <laughs> a few friends over. But I th- I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Halloween. Yeah, this is just my this is my nighttime gear. This, is- <laughs> no, this, this, this onesie is pretty comfortable. I should wear it. Uh, man, I gotta tell you, often. this is my first onesie. These things are comfortable, man. <laughs> they are comfy, man. Nice and uh, warm. <laughs> good weekend. We got a Halloween tomorrow, and then we got the Mandalorian today. So we have to good start. Yeah, we, we got a good, good amount to talk about when it comes to the Mandalorian. And uh, thanks everyone for joining in again. It's uh, Chat to Ween. We talk about the news, topics in the fandom, and simply chat about Star Wars. So if you have any questions for us, make sure to leave them in the live chat or send a super chat question so you can guarantee it an answer to your question before the show is over. And of course, the big news of the day and the week is that it's finally here. The Mandalorian season two finally debuted on Disney Plus last night or this morning, depending on where you're at. And it's the first and longest show or longest episode in the series. And to say it was a hit with the Star Wars fandom is an understatement. So we're going to talk about that and more here on Chat to Wayne. Comet Star, I, I, I'm I'm sorry to disappoint. Yep, I'm, I'm wearing a mask. I, I, I have to. Um, I have to keep my social distancing between <laughs> Goldman and, and, and mainly Lunga. You know, we have to make sure everyone's okay. I'm, and, I uh, listen. The, the older ones, you know, we're susceptible. You know. Yes, yes. Save the Lunga. <laughs> That's the goal here. Save the Lunga. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not sure about you, Lunga, but I am sweating my ass off right now already. I'm doing okay. No, I'm doing okay. Remember, my office is in the basement, so it, it uh, uh, it's cooler down here. So this is uh, it's comfy. Probably should have turned on the AC, but oh well. Yeah, that'd be smart. I can't even really see <laughs> half the. Uh, I can't see you two that well, and I definitely can't see the comments with this. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I might make it halfway through the uh, <laughs> entire thing right. before hey, I have to take this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to kick things off with the uh, first episode of season two titled The Marshal. And warning, if you haven't seen the episode, 
first of all, you're not a Star Wars fan. We, we just have to, <laughs> yeah, we have to throw digs from the start. Real and, uh, Star Wars fans. Yeah, yeah. Real, real Star Wars fans saw it the minute it came out. <laughs> yeah, you, you would have been up at 3 a.m. like I was watching this thing. Yeah, I've watched it three times already. So Three times? I'm twice. Yeah, I'm twice as well. Uh, I did 3 a.m. and then me and my beautiful girlfriend watched it a few hours ago. And she loved it, and it was kind of – it's like watching Lord of the Rings with someone who's never watched it before because she'll ask me questions like, hey, is that – It is, it is what, a good – Yeah. Should we, she uh, was going to call the um, Tusken Raiders Jawas, and then or was going to call the Jawas Tauntauns. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved it. It was, it was really adorable. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat, Andrew. He says, is the Mandalorian for the time being the new face of Star Wars? Longa, what, what, what do you think? Uh, I would say definitely. I mean, he's he is the most popular, most uh, overall accepted uh, Disney creation uh, for the Disney era of Star Wars. Um, and generally, Star. I mean, I know you're always gonna have dissenters, but generally, the sentiment is it's a very popular show among Star Wars fans. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, the Mandalorian, uh, and not just the man, the character, not that just not just Din Djarin, but the whole the world being created. Uh, in this little microcosm of, of the corner of the galaxy, uh, I think is the new face of Star Wars for right now. I agree. What do you th- what do you think, Goldman? You think uh, Mandalorian is going to be the face of Star Wars for the next few years? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, I would argue though that it's technically Baby Yoda who may be the face of uh, mm. Star Wars. Um, but either one. I mean, the show. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there he is. Uh, how much was that? Isn't that like one of the expensive ones? <laughs> no, it's only twenty. It's twenty bucks at Target. Oh, it looks really good. Yeah, Isn't it like a three hundred dollar one? It's a beanbag one, so it doesn't oh. have anything. But I mean, it's a good size. It's plastic head, but it's soft in here, so it's yeah. It's only twenty bucks at Target. That's cool. I might, I might have to get one. And it um, comes in yeah. its own little. <clears throat> Man- stuff. Mandalorian's definitely face. I mean, there's nothing else out right now. So, I mean, Squadrons isn't going to be the face of Star Wars. Um, and even when Obi Wan does come out, it's going to be one season. I feel like it's kind of hard to make that the face of the franchise. And Mandalorian, I mean, we've heard it's going on for four plus seasons. So, assuming him and Baby Yoda are around the whole time, they're going to be the faces of Star Wars. Yeah, I I think that since season one came out, because that came out right before the Rise of Skywalker, and I feel like one of the reasons Rise of Skywalker had a better reception than I think it could have had without Mandalorian is that a lot of people felt good about the Mandalorian. It made it made you feel like you're actually watching the Star Wars from the original trilogy. And looking back on it now, like striking gold, uh, or yeah, stri- striking gold twice is kind of hard. And, and mm-hmm. normally when they do, uh, like even when they made Star Wars, they were like, all right, the sequel to this is not going to be able to do what everyone thinks it's going to do because the sequels normally suck. When it came to season two of The Mandalorian, at least with this one, I think it still, you know, did well. I, I think I think they nailed it. And I think that just shows that, yeah, this is going to be the face of Star Wars for at least until the new movie comes out in 2023. Yeah, assuming the uh, movies are decent. Yeah, that, that, there's always that debate. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, take, take my camera off and uh, take, take the mask off. <laughs> it's getting too much, anything. too much. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate it, though. Yeah, I, there's I one, there part. is one comment from Zeus Skywalker. Star Wars only looks like he's about to say, let me look on you with my own eyes. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, that, that's that's kind of me doing. Like I'm trying to read the comments. I'm like, <laughs> you're just going like that all the time because yeah. you have to see like certain corners of the house. Looks very, yeah. looks very familiar. Cannot <laughs> 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 yeah, read this icon. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I gotta stop my cam and get back to normal. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh my god, now I can actually see. Great. <laughs> All right. So um so the new episode came out and uh, I got to ask what did you guys think of it? Uh Goldman, I'll want to get your take first. Uh when did you see it and what did you think about it when you first saw it? So I watched it this morning. I did not stay up till um the time of the release. I watched it when I woke up. I set up a stream and I reacted to it. And um it was a very good episode. I really enjoyed it. I like um it, it didn't seem like one of those episodes. You know how with the first season, like the first, third, seventh, and eighth episodes, they were kind of like the main episodes. And then the other ones mm-hmm. were kind of like the own story that somewhat progressed the plot. So this one really did feel like its own story. I mean, in terms of what I assume will be the grand story, the only thing that happened is he got the armor from, or they got the Boba Fett armor and he met Cobb Vanth. And then we know Boba Fett's alive. But even with that, even though it's like its own contained story, I still thought it was a really fun episode. Um, especially compared to some of the own standalone, the standalone episodes from last season. Um, I like the beginning, the, uh, the one, I don't know. I, I love the one eyed alien dude. And then the way, um, when he was running away from Mendo and Mando shot mm-hmm. the, uh, hook at him. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then he went back to Tatooine. I was, a, I was a little concerned about going back to Tatooine. Um, but basically since it was all new locations, I mean, we were at Maz Eisley with the, uh, the woman from the fifth episode of last season for like two minutes. And then he met, um, then he went to Moss Pelgo. Is that what it was? New city. We've never heard of, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then, um, met Cobb Vanth and, you know, I've been very critical, um, on this show about Boba Fett being in the show. Um, but I really liked the, um, the way how Cobb Vanth had the armor. Um, cause he, I, I, th- I'm actually somewhat surprised that they didn't know it was that Mando didn't know it was like Boba Fett's armor. I feel like Boba Fett was like one of the famous bounty hunters, but maybe that's just been my headcanon and that's not what's accurate. Um, but I really like the relationship between these two. You know, at first it was like the classic Western, they're in the bar, and he's like, only one of us is getting out of here alive. And then the uh the crate dragon came, and I didn't notice it at first. Um, or I didn't know it was the crate dragon, but apparently that's like a big thing from uh Kotor. I mean, I've never played the game, but um what? You've never played KOTOR? Never have. I know, right? Oh, you have to. It, it's, it's something <laughs> Everyone tells dreaming. me I have to. Yeah, yeah like um, I, I didn't believe him at first, but it, it's great. Yeah, uh, the Crate Dragon is from um, Knights of the Old Republic. Darth Revan fought it and mm-hmm. killed it in a similar fashion with uh, bombs, too. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think the Crate Dragon was a nice addition. A lot of things that uh, fans of you know, the Expanded Universe, mm-hmm. canon, prequels, sequels would like. Was there anything that you noticed that, you know, kind of... Uh, Fan service wise, that, that caught your eye. Uh, there was. I'm not sure if this was intentional or not, but um, when Mando's ready to, in quotes, like sacrifice himself to um, when he has like when he's next to the Bantha with all the bombs, and he uh, he knocks um Cobb Vance's jetpack or Boba Fett's jetpack, and he goes flying away. That kind of reminded oh, me of the way how uh Boba Fett died, right? Because you know Han accidentally hit the jetpack and mm-hmm. then he went flying away. Um, so that was a nice uh. A little, I guess, I think that was intentional, like a little callback. But one of my favorite things of this episode, it's not really a callback or anything, but during the main sequence at the end, if you notice, um, it changed to widescreen format. And it was like mm-hmm. the first time we've really seen live action Star Wars completely widescreen. 
and it looked great. I mean, I think the graphics, not the graphics, the um, the budget for this season was probably higher because that dragon was there quite a bit, and it looked really good. Um, so yeah, the whole sequence was amazing to watch, and then of course the end sequence. You know, one thing that was really interesting because I watched it first by myself, and then I watched it with my roommates afterwards. And so they recognized the Boba Fett armor at first, and then at the end, when actual Boba Fett appeared, they didn't know. They're like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "That's that's Boba Fett. That's uh, it's the same actor as Jango Fett." And he had to think about. It. He's like, "Oh, that is Jango Fett." So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see like does does the casual viewer know that that's Boba Fett? Like we all do. I wonder if the casual viewer will know. I don't think they will, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think it matters either. I think I think this is so popular with fans that. Um, him coming out and probably episode two saying, I am, you know, Boba Fett, I want my armor back kind of thing. It would mm-hmm. be enough. Lunga, what did you think when you first saw this episode? You've seen it three times, so I, I think yeah, you know, yeah. I'd say you like it. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I wasn't going to stay up all night and watch it, but I've been going to bed later, like around 2 a.m., and I decided, to, and because we don't get the exact time. It's random. It'll be like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It's like weird. It's never the exact same time every week for some reason. But mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let me check it before I go to bed. And it was, I'm like, oh, it's there. So I said that. So I watched it at like 2 a.m. And then we were doing a watch party on my stream today for it. So we watched that at uh, 2 p.m. today. And then right before I came down here with you guys, my girlfriend wanted to watch it. So I watched it with her. So yeah, I watched it three times. Uh, but um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, I saw this headline on, on Twitter, one person complaining, or not a complaining, but a review. And it just drives me nuts when people do this. It's like she said uh, in, in the, the Twitter, the tweet, she said, uh, the first episode wasn't horrible, but it felt too much. It felt more of a sci-fi western for this premiere. I'm like, have, have you not read what <laughs> the entire series is supposed to feel like? That's that's literally what it's. That means it succeeded. I don't yeah. know what the butt means, but that's. That means it's, 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 it's have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> You know, that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, but, yeah, they did really kind of double down on it. Him coming to town was just like, you know, man riding a horse with no name. You know, the way he came in and the the, the mm-hmm. townspeople just staring at him as he's rolling through like he's on a slow horse. And he goes into the saloon. Um, and then, of course, then when he cop Vance pulls up <clears throat> in that armor, instantly you you knew that armor. Uh, it, it, there's just, I mean, the, the dent on the helmet. You know, the bullet yeah. dent uh, on the helmet, you know, that was it. And I knew immediately just from he started talking, just because I love Timothy Oliphant. I'm like, yep, that's Timothy Oliphant, Scott Banth. Before he even took his helmet off, I knew who it was. Um, so I'm like, yeah. So I'll go, we were right on that. We predicted that. We're like, yeah, Scott Vance could be wearing his armor. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. It, it um, happened word for word. Yeah. And I, and I, and I liked, he, I don't know if it's just the actor, but I immediately liked the character of Cobb Vanth. You know what I mean? Um, he, he seems like this good and honest guy that wants to try to help people um, in this town. And, and yeah, he took the armor, but he in his mind, he bought it. I mean, even when he talks about killing the sand people, it's like, hey, I'm not just a murderer. We, uh, they were attacking us. I had to protect, uh-huh. you know, our, our people um, and stuff like that. And then the whole thing he does when they're having that meeting, trying to talk them into, hey, we got to work with the sand people, with the, with the Tuscans on this. Um, and he, had, and he you know, explained it. So, you know, I, I like that character. Um, then we saw, of course, we finally saw Boba Fett at the end. Um, a lot of people are thinking, you know, that like how it's going to be this di- dichotomy between them. And I, re- I, what's really interesting for me is, are we finally going to get that firm answer on is he considered a Mandalorian or not? Because mm-hmm. in the Legends, 
he was, Django was a Mandalorian, and by default that means Boba was, and then Filoni came out with his Clone Wars, and he talked to George, and George was like, no, he's not really a Mandalorian, so then he made him not a Mandalorian, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, now, do we know, you know what I mean, is he gonna, and, it's, and I feel like it's setting that up, because he has his armor now, and mm-hmm. there's gonna be some kind of confrontation, bro, give me my armor, you know what I mean, <laughs> he's gonna be like, are you a Mandalorian, you know, and yeah. I feel like question's gonna have to be um, addressed, and I think that's a, a big a big point as well too um and i think too one of the things we're talking about is i think he was biding his time waiting for a chance because i think he saw that small town this marshal was there he had those people around him all the time i think he was waiting for a good time to do it and now that mando has it and on his own he thinks okay now's my chance to get my armor back it's funny that you mentioned that uh there's going to be like a confrontation between the two because that's actually the title of the next episode for the mandalorian the confrontation so I think oh. it ended on that kind of cliffhanger of we see Boba Fett kind of eyeing him from afar and is interested in getting his armor back somehow, some way. And I do think you're right, Lunga. I think we're going to kind of get an answer or at least a discussion between Boba Fett and Din Djarin about him being an actual Mandalorian. Because, I mean, if we're going by you know, genetics, I guess, uh, Din Djarin's not a Mandalorian. He was raised by them, but he wasn't born into, you know, the Mandalorian tribe or family. So I, I think that th- they could find some commonality between that. I also Dude. like what you said about Cobb Vant. What? My, I just thought about this. Because who huh. are the Mandalorians now? It's the Kareed thing, and it's a lot about orphans and foundlings. Mm-hmm. Boba is an orphan. Oh yeah, so so you're saying that it might be like primarily orphans that are they're bringing into it now? Like yeah, that's because they were they were decimated after that purge, and 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 that's why it became more of a creed than a race. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're taking in foundlings and rebuilding their order by teaching people this creed. And I would think they're going to do where Jango wasn't a Mandalorian, but Boba was because he was. I'm not sure if that's really entirely accurate that it became a creed after this purge because mando was adopted into the mandalorian culture during what i'm assuming is the clone wars based off of the flashbacks of last season and as of rebels which takes place like two years before new hope there there is no great purge or anything so by, by that time and dinjar and mando he's already an adult so when this great purge happens he's already been a mandalorian for maybe 20 years so I think this uh, Creed thing has been part of the Mandalorian culture for a while. And then maybe it's been more pronounced after the um, this purge, whenever we find out what that is. But um, we'll see. Yeah. I, it, for me, it's just because we got to reconcile mm-hmm. what we saw in Rebels, right? Yeah. And in mm-hmm. Rebels, it wasn't like there were Mandalorians. They're from yeah. Mandalore. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> there was there was no talk about it. it wasn't a race. It's a creed. You know, it wasn't anything like that. What we saw in Clone Wars or Rebels. Yeah. So something has to happen in during that time for this to become more prominent, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's interesting. I didn't know the next episode was going to be called the uh, confrontation. Yeah, but wait, yeah, wait, yeah, that's, that's the title. You know, a lot of people are assuming like there's going to be a big fight like between Mando and Boba Fett. Boba Fett wants his armor back. But the thought that crossed my mind is why wouldn't Din Djarin just give Boba Fett his armor back? I mean, it is Boba Fett's armor. Has to be a Mandalorian. Yeah, maybe, maybe because you also have to think that Cobb Vanth got the armor. Bought it fair and square. Yeah, and and he may say that, oh, well, I've heard about Jango Fett. He's not a real Mandalorian. He stole that armor, so you don't deserve it. So that could, That's true. Yeah, I wonder if I'll go that route, though. 
No, I don't know. Oh, and, and I'll go back to the uh, quick face reveal for you guys who are asking. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Star Wars only here. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to disappoint. Uh, this is my face. I, I have to wear a mask to, uh, you know, social distance, fight the coronavirus. So this is this is me. Um, this is who I am. Please accept me. <laughs> he is being socially responsible, y'all. Yes, yes. I have to I have to look out for the elderly here in Florida because they're very common out here. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to talk about after I take off this ugh, mask. Um one one line that I, I think that has gone over the head over everybody was uh one, one specific thing that Cobb Vance said, and it was the greatest line in the entire show, or for this episode, and, and yeah, for the entire show of all Mandalorian episodes. Uh, he's there, there's that scene where like the Tuscan Raiders are like handing bombs um, to the civilians, and they're handing it back to like townspeople and everything, and like loading it up on the Banthas, and then one of them drops it, and you know they have that little back and forth, and then he, he he breaks it up, and he goes. He's he's like you know it's not that big a deal like it was an accident and then he goes back to <laughs> he goes back to Mando and he's like it's gonna be great that's great it's gonna be great that's gonna be great it's gonna be great that's gonna be great <laughs> I thought of the same thing dude I'm so glad <laughs> the only one who <laughs> thought nope. that was going to be like I, I, I thought that was intentional by by John Favreau no. I was like there's no way because even my girlfriend <laughs> when she watched it was like. He said it exactly the way Lucas yeah. said it. She was like, "There's no way that wasn't." I, I really think I, I, if John Favreau watches the channel. Then, then I, I appreciate it because <laughs> I know we use that joke a lot around here. I do myself, but I mean, the the, the levels of of meme behind that is astounding. <laughs> and I really think that he put that in there on purpose. Am I am I alone on this? Do you guys think it was just a coincidence? Just quality writing from John Favreau. I, I do think it was a coincidence. That's a very like specific reference to like a documentary. Um, if maybe we'll find out if they do um a second season of the um like the Mando documentaries they did during the spring last year for the first season, and they revealed it. That'd be pretty funny. Um, but I don't. I think that's I think that's stretching it a little bit. But I do think it's a coincidence. But it, I still thought of the same thing. That was hilarious. <laughs> I would really hope that like they interviewed George Lucas for it, and they were like, "Hey, did you notice that line?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm the one who uh, I'm the one who actually recommended <laughs> that. I, I asked him to put that in." Uh, Andrew Harris says it perfectly. It, it's gonna be great. I'll, I'll play I'll play it again for you, Andrew, just because you know you put in the super chat. Got to get your That's money. Great. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be great. It would have been funnier if Mando actually responded and he's like, that, that's going to be great. <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> so that, this, this is going to be the new I have a bad feeling about this, right? This oh, is, I, would, I, would, <laughs> I would never miss a Star Wars movie show anything. As long as they always always put that in, I would do that. Um, Matthew Kelly says maybe John Favreau possibly watch your channel. I don't think he watched the channel. He might have watched the show and seen like, you know what, these guys have a good point. Uh, hey, guys, don't forget, um, you know, me, Lunga, and the Goldman all have cameos in this season we're in we're in episode three so so look out for us we'll, we'll be there I'll, I'll point us <laughs> look, out when it happens look for the wookie <laughs> you know actually um my boy claude he uh he had his cameo in the first episode he played that a uh, tuscan raider that um baited the bantha and then ended up getting eaten by the uh the dragon <laughs> oh, the first one to die that that was so sad he like he was he was running away and you're like oh he's gonna eat the bantha and then like just ate the, the poor tuscan you thought that was that sad was, i thought that, I thought was, that was hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> so it was funny. it was utterly fantastic especially how it just it just like came out and just turned 
<laughs> right for him. He's like, I already had a banter yesterday. I want some uh, Tuscan Raider meat today. <laughs> the best part about it is they watch that happen, and there's just a pause, and he's like, yeah, they're looking for better better ways. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and then Macabre Vanth is like, is that really the scale? Looking at like the, the scale. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think He's it's like, the yeah. scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lunga, you touched on it earlier. I, I will say I truly did enjoy the character of Cobb Vanth. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought going into this because I did not like the Aftermath trilogy books. That I mean, it's probably one of the best uh, Star Wars canon books over the past five years. But it really didn't do much for me. And Cobb Vanth, you didn't know anything about him. But in this like you were saying, you know, he's just kind of like the the town hero. Mm-hmm. He, he's just kind of the like as they call the episode, the marshal of the place. And he, yeah, he seems like an honest, humble going guy, but it, he's got that kind of space western country vibe to him. Mm-hmm. And as a guy from Texas, I can recognize the kind of like southern accent he was going for pretty easily. And I, I would, when, when he says at the end, you know, um, he, he talks to Mando and he says something like, uh, "I hope our paths cross again." I Truly, do hope that's the case. I, I definitely. I remember that. Um, oh, okay, we. Every that's that's what happens in the Mandalorian. Everyone he meets, he runs into again. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and and I would hope that it actually, um, when it comes to like something like Boba Fett, I wouldn't mind like Boba Fett and Cobb Vanth teaming up, depending on how it goes with Boba Fett. Like, I, I thought going into this season that uh, we would learn that Cobb Vanth has the armor. He wants to keep the armor and everything. He's like a villain or an anti-hero. And then Boba Fett comes in and like the entire series, because there's rumored to be a series about Boba Fett and a lot, a lot of uh, credentials to that. I would thought that Boba Fett and Cobb Vanth would go at it for an entire season, trying to get that armor, basically who's fighting for that armor. But I think they would be a good little like, you know, buddy cop kind of series where, where Cobb constantly like, no. looks at the armor and it's like, Oh, I liked it. No, no, you don't, you don't want no. to see that. No, I do not want an anti-hero sympathetic Boba Fett. Listen, you already did that when you created Jin Jaren. Don't do that with Boba Fett. Boba Fett needs to be the slimy bounty hunter who only cares about himself. I don't want the heart of gold. I don't want any of that. Okay. <laughs> Boba Fett needs to be Boba Fett and just stay Boba Fett. That's, that's it. You know what was funny when I when I saw Boba Fett at the end. You know he looked really menacing. Like he had a serious look on his face. He had a scar. Uh, I think he didn't even have the eyebrows. Like he just looked really menacing. And I just <laughs> I just keep having flashbacks to Return of the Jedi. <laughs> just him going ah, and then falling and rolling <laughs> down. It's, it's it just it's hard it's hard to take it. When I think about that, it's hard to take Boba Fett seriously. But here they did make him look pretty menacing. Um, and one thing about Cobb Vanth I want to say, and it's it's such a small thing. But I love it so much is that, again, you mentioned how Cobb Vanth was in the Aftermath trilogy. And he wasn't really in it. He was in one of the interlude chapters. Mm-hmm. For those of you who haven't read the book, it's a trilogy that's an ongoing story. But maybe one out of every five chapters, they have these interlude chapters, which just it's like 10 pages of some random thing going on in the galaxy. Like there's one about Jar Jar after Return of the Jedi, and he's like chilling on Naboo. Um, and Cobb Vanth was in one of those, I believe. I think it was only one. Um, and the fact that the first live action uh, Star Wars show that John Favreau was willing to just take a character from one chapter of a novel and put him into the live action story. It just makes someone like me who appreciates the canon, who reads a lot of the books. It just makes me really happy that the creators are willing to just t- make the uh, the whole universe seem that much more connected. Like it, they could have easily made Cobb Vanth, a new character and named him Joe Schmo or something. But that since they were willing to tie it in with the novel, I just I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, th- I think it builds the connection for people with the the canon because it, it seems like the 
mainly when it comes to the sequel trilogy. And I, I know me, uh, Lunga, and I, I think even you, Goldman, have had problems with the way like there will be a book or like something about a Soka novel mm-hmm. and the Clone Wars. It seems like they've made a pattern of not adhering to the canon at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think John Favreau almost went out of his way to adhere to the new canon with mm-hmm. Cobb Banth coming in. And it's with that case, it's not so much like there was nothing at risk in terms of contradiction, but he mm-hmm. went out of his way to make it tie in even more, which is something I uh, I really appreciate. Yeah. So yeah, the, not the, only that. I'll go one step forward. I made this prediction earlier, and I'm going to keep. I'm going to stick with this prediction. Um, I really feel much like, and Filoni knows he did this. I mean, there's ego with all of them. Okay, uh, he knows that he made the prequels more palatable. He made Anakin Skywalker more beloved. A good character. <laughs> a good character. Um, right. Uh, even though there's a lot of complaints about Anakin specifically in those movies and, and all the other stuff that went in the prior, he made them good. He made them people like like it, appreciate it more. Um, I really think they're using this now, not completely, but it is going to be a big part of a vehicle to try to put a more cohesive tie between all three trilogies and bring them all together. Mm-hmm. And I really think they're going to, because everyone was dissatisfied with the whole Snoke thing, right? Because that's the one, it's one thing that keeps eating everybody alive. And I think even people who like this, I'm not sure if Goldman, if you agree, but people that liked it, I've seen it, that they're like, the Snoke thing doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, what, how, how do you go from this? He's so much power, then he's a clone, and then he's strand cast. Mm-hmm. And He's a strand cast. We've learned that from the, the comic books and stuff coming up. He's a strand cast. We're learning more about the strand cast stuff that it's like a clone, but it's not a clone. Uh, and we know that they had to find specific things to clone that can be uh, be able to use the force with such power the way the emperor would or a, a proxy, if you will, for the emperor. Um, I have a feeling that the whole thing is Baby Yoda, the whole thing with the cloning, the, Kamino, the Kaminoans helping him, and now the empire chasing him. Is that this was the beginnings of of making a Snoke and be uh, a new vehicle for the Emperor to come into, um, and, and that's what I think this whole thing with Baby Yoda is about. And they're going to try to tie it together and make it all work. I really like that prediction, um, and mainly because the guy who plays Moff Gideon, Giancarlo uh, Esposito, has hinted that we're going to get a lot of answers in seasons three and four. Yeah. And, and I think that would be a pretty interesting direction to take it. And like you said, I think that would help kind of fix some of the plot holes, if you will, in the sequels or just some inconsistencies mm-hmm. that a lot of people uh, don't like. Um, well, one thing that uh, I want to point out is Valkyrie King. He, thank you very much for the super chat, but he, uh, he's been a longtime fan of the channel. He says that some morons think that it's not Boba Fett in the end, but Rex uh, do either of you believe that at all? I, I mean, he doesn't have the white hair. He he has that long, like mm-hmm. long rifle right there. I, I don't. I I, I mean, it, it technically it it technically could be Rex, but I think yeah. the implication it's heavily heavily implied that it's Boba right. Fett. I mean, they showed his armor. I mean, you see a clone wandering around Tatooine where we last saw him die. It's it's Boba Fett. I mean, technically, if mm-hmm. they really want to do, they could say Rex shaved his white beard and his white hair from you know from Rebels, and that could be him. But no, that's it is like nine nine point nine percent sure it's Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, I I, I gotta agree because like I said, thematically, there's a lot of parallels where it could mm-hmm. be Rex. I mean, he's out. He's you know basically wasn't hiding or, or trying to live in you know exile away from everybody. Um, Tatooine is a perfect place to do that. There's a lot of ties with Tatooine. Everyone comes back to Tatooine for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it could technically be him. 
You know what I mean? But like Goldman said, uh, especially if you think about the first episode, they give us the big surprise reveal in the last split second shot of this first episode, what they did with, with, with the child. They did the same thing with this. If that's Rex, it completely destroys the entire impact of what's going on in that episode. Agreed. Um, yeah. So I don't think, for that reason, I don't think it's Rex. Now, I, I wouldn't call people who think it is morons because, dude, for all we know, it could be. <laughs> it could yeah, happen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the odds are it's way more in favor that it's Boba Fett. Oh, this question's interesting, and I'm, I'm going to shoot it down now just because I know uh, it, it, it's, <clears throat> it's a thing that everyone wants nowadays of Palpatine. Palpatine. I do not <laughs> I'll, want Palpatine. I'll, I'll, I'll answer this. Um, yeah. No. And the main reason <laughs> – and, and, no, and I actually – I addressed – I made a video today. Um, it, it, the whole video is basically about ways you could tie in the Mandalorian with the sequel trilogy. Um, and it did cross my mind, of course, you know, cloning, you know, Palpatine's a clone, the whole Snoke thing. You A Snoke, a Snoke cameo is – possible but a palpatine cameo is almost impossible because no one knew that palpatine was alive in the first order no one like snoke didn't know what who palpatine was kylo ren obviously didn't know um the whole thing about palpatine was that he created snoke and then snoke served as like the proxy ruler of the first order Mm -hmm. and then once palpatine was in quotes ready and it still doesn't make entirely sense doesn't make sense um but once palpatine was ready then he would call Kylo Ren and be like, yo, you want my Star Destroyers? You just have to go kill Ray first. So that's like the, the whole thing with Palpatine. So no one can make contact with Palpatine. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Palpatine's still like dead or he's like literally just like sitting somewhere like he was in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so no, we can't see we can't see Palpatine. Um, I, I do think it would be really interesting if this whole cloning thing did tie into Snoke. I think it would be a neat way to tie in the, uh, the Mandalorian with the sequels. But my... What what I want to see that would help tie in the trilogies is I think they should show the incompetence of the New Republic. Like they did talk about how after the Empire fell, like when they did the flashback scene, then those yeah. uh, it was like some mining guild or whatever came in and killed all those people. And maybe some throughout the series, like the Empire or this Imperial remnant gets a little more powerful. And then the New Republic still just doesn't do anything about it. And then maybe it's the Mandalorians that end up taking out this sector of the um the empire so then it kind of helps us realize that in the sequel trilogy it makes a little bit more sense that something like the first order was able to happen because the new republic just didn't care and they they were so incompetent competent that a whole another military organization could form so that's my preferred way of how you would tie in the mandalorian with the sequels but you know the snoke thing is also uh fairly neat yeah, I I don't want too many cameos. One thing we mm-hmm. we all three of us had talked about this for a long time um, on the rumored cameos for the show of like we don't want it to always just be you know you remember this person you like them you remember this person you like them and and I I really personally I wouldn't want them to go into the New Republic stuff at all even showing the incompetence of them because what I think works for this show so far very well is that it feels like. It's a story in a big universe, but it's small scale. We're, we're focused yeah. on just Mandalorian, the Mando, Dinjarin finding a home for Baby Yoda, and the story is obviously going to continue to expand into a uh, bigger way. You know, finding out uh, the, who the Jedi are around this time. If he's going to meet Ahsoka, which we all kind of know by this point, he will. Uh, what's going to happen with Boba Fett? What, what's going on with Baby Yoda, the child? What's the name of Baby Yoda? Who is Moff Gideon? There are questions that we have, but it's nothing like. 
you know, the the good side of the force or the dark side of the force. It's nothing like that. And, and I think if we get into that, even with the politics, it, it would kind of um, rub some people the wrong way. Me personally, I, I know I would not um, want it. Um, Benji asked, uh, are we 100% that Ahsoka will be in this season? I think I'm. I think it's a hundred percent. Even the um, there was another Disney Plus account last week or the week before. <laughs> a German Disney Plus account confirmed that she was uh, Rosario Dawson, who's supposed to play her, was casted as Ahsoka Tano. And then I think yesterday or the day before, another Disney Plus account, the like official Indian, one, the yes, one. they they said like yeah, she's casted. Like they basically said yeah, Ahsoka's live action in this. What do you think about it? Like what do you hope from her? So yeah, it's it's. If it's not a hundred percent, it is ninety nine point nine 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 percent repeating. I mean, very, it's, very uh, close to a hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they could pull a hell, hell Mary and then like replace her with the uh, scenes that they shot of Goldman playing Ahsoka, and you know, <laughs> could change things up. Yeah, this <laughs> is this know. is the thing. Now, the thing with this is, I I really don't know um, if because I couldn't find it anywhere on the Instagram account, but this is what I saw when someone. Um, yeah, this is it. the one. Yeah. <clears throat> so it says, you know, what does Ahsoka Tano's live action avatar look like? Rosario Dawson is set to play the famous Clone Wars Jedi. Mm-hmm. Who is she? Is Shasha Banks in for a cameo or joining in the action? It says Star Wars The Mandalorian, Disney Plus Hot Star Premium, which is the Indian um, version of it. But I, I tried reverse imaging this. I could not find it anywhere. I'm thinking maybe maybe they took it down. Um, Probably. Possibly. I'm shocked that Disney would let something like this even go. Like, that's yeah. that's just blatant, like, spoilers. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering the credibility of this because I could not find it anywhere as a reverse image search. It was a Ooh, screenshot on Twitter. Good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it looks but, official, but I mean, Photoshop isn't that hard to use, though. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Uh, speaking of cameos, I, I like this question that Victor has of uh, if Sabine is confirmed for season two. I don't think she is, but that's the one that everyone's uh, questioning. The one you just brought up, Lunga, uh, Sa- Sasha Banks. Everyone thinks that that's Sabine and. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's where I get into the territory of like, I don't want everyone and their mother to become a cameo for season two, but I, I want to pitch this to you two guys and kind of get your reaction to it. To me, it seems like the route they may go for season two is every episode. And it may not be every single episode, like, like all eight of them, but mm-hmm. just from the vibes that I got with this one of him meeting Cobb Vanth, kind of becoming cool with him and everything. I have an odd feeling that the next seven or maybe even six episodes up until the finale are going to be, Dinjar and going around and just running into specific characters. He's eventually going to run into Rex. He's eventually going to run into Boba Fett, which is, you know, next week's episode. He's going to run into Ahsoka. I, I just feel like he's going to run into a specific character every episode. And it's kind of going to be about Dinjar and the baby and that other character that he's meeting. Do you, do you guys agree with me at all? I think it's going to be something similar. I hope it's not that literally every episode where he like finds a clue about the whereabouts of like an actual Mandalorian tribe. And then he like the beginning of the episode, he finds like the clue and then he gets dragged into a whole conflict. And then like, I don't want that to be every episode. I do think it's going to be most of them. Um, maybe one episode he gets say clue and then he actually finds the Mandalorians and then maybe they get killed or something. So I, I do think you're mostly right. I just hope it's not the case for every episode, um, but probably most. Uh, possibly. Uh, do you want to say one thing? The ne- the next episode, you know, is called Confrontation. It may not be involving. I I, th- I honestly don't think we're going to see Boba again until much later. I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see him again until much later. The confrontation could literally be hit, the confrontation he has with the New Republic. 
when mm-hmm. or, uh, when he gets shut down on that ice planet. You know, I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. many things that could be a confrontation. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, Boba uh, for this sense. So I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, I think he's going to be running into a bunch of people. As far as this, I know people have that worry and you have that worry. You hope they're not just plugging him in just for, hey, remember this? Remember me? You remember? Mm-hmm. The thing is this. The re- every person that you've heard, except for, I mean, Boba, they're kind of putting in, but... Every person you heard is tied together and you can't do one without the other ones or needing to know something about the other one at some point. Yes. Because last we saw Ahsoka, she was leaving with Sabine to find Ezra. Okay. That's the last time we saw Ahsoka. Um, so if they're bringing Ahsoka in, Sabine is going to be a natural at some point. She's also the person who gave the dark saber to Bo-Katan, who is the last person to have the dark saber before Moff Gideon has it. Mm-hmm. So all these things are are inexorably tied. You know what I mean? And Rex is tied to the hip with Ahsoka as well. So it, it really, they're going to be needed. You know what I mean? Uh, the only thing that seems like it's fan service and so far they're doing okay is Boba Fett because that's actually not needed for any of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not even that. Like a, a lot of the what, what I deemed fan service of this episode were simple things like um, even this image of like the little creatures that you saw from Attack of the Clones, the yeah. uh, pod racer that Cobb Vanth used, yep. that's Anakin's. Uh, there, there's so many, the, the crate dragon, there's so many like very mm-hmm. small. I think this is where I got a little upset with Dave Filoni's episode that was on Tatooine with. Um, chapter five of season one where you know mando went to tatooine and everything and a lot of it was like oh we can't we can't get her she has the high ground and he like looks at the camera for a second or two you know like it's just stuff that i was like all right it's too on the nose (laughs) this stuff was just kind of like matter of factly like oh they're just driving to a location and they're not making a big deal out of him using the anakin skywalker pod racer from the phantom menace i i really did enjoy that aspect of it another thing i, I want to mention and um probably move on to the uh, last two topics um in, in the next few minutes but one thing i noticed was that um oh, crap i actually i, I might have lost my train i thought oh yeah no no that's what it was uh, boba fett at the end of this episode i remember a lot of us thought that in chapter five dave filoni's episode of the mandalorian that ending scene was Cobb Vant in the boba fett armor I actually think it was this Boba Fett right here. He has the cape. He may have the boots and everything. Yep, I yep, think he's the yep. one who walked up to that body of um, Finnick, the, the girl bounty hunter who died. Mm-hmm. Finnick Shan. Finnick Shan, yeah. I, I actually think this is Boba Fett, like the actual Boba Fett without his armor walking up to her, which does make it curious on what is his goal. If it's to get his armor, mm-hmm. sure, big, big deal. But why, he could have done that any time, like literally any time. He could have taken on Cobb Vanth and maybe because he has the armor he would have lost but I think there's a difference between Cobb Vanth's armor or the Boba Fett armor <laughs> and the Beskar armor that Mando has so, so why do you guys think that he was walking up to the fallen body of Finnick uh, I, I, I don't I can't say exactly how she ties into it however uh, someone quent mentioned here too Zeus says now Boba's not letting Mando leave Tatooine without a confrontation wink uh, here's the thing is everyone forgetting the way Boba operated in the original trilogy? Boba's a tracker. He is not someone who jumps on, on the first opportunity he sees. He buys his time. He tracks and waits to the opportunity to entrap someone. So Boba plays the long game. I think he's playing the long game. That's why I don't think we're going to see him until later. Um, that's why this thing with Fennec Shan was probably part of his tracking. probably to Because he probably doesn't know where his armor's at. You know what I mean? It was part of his tracking to figure out where it was, and he knew that she was tied with a Mandalorian, 
uh, and then a Mandalorian returns. He hears about this or has been tracking it and he follows the Mandalorian and he follows him and sees him going to Cobb Vanth and he sees he has his armor and then the armor leaves with the Mandalorian. He's been tracking. That's what I feel. That's a, that's an interesting thought. I had the same question. That that thought didn't cross my mind at first, but I think it makes more sense definitely because I was wondering if we, we obviously see Boba Fett watching the Mandalorian with his armor. Um, it made me wonder like why didn't Boba Fett just get the armor before? I mean, you talked about how like Cobb Vanth was with the whole city of people, but I feel like Boba Fett wouldn't care. He would just go and like either kill Cobb Vanth and just take his armor back and leave. Um, or I don't know if Boba Fett would ask, but it could be that. Um, so maybe he just didn't know where his armor was. I mean, Moss uh, Pesco, is that what it was? Pelgo, something Pelgo. like that. Pelgo, yeah, Pelgo. Pelgo um, is in the middle of nowhere, so maybe Boba Fett just didn't know about that little city. I mean, it was he not even been, on the uh, Tatooine map, so he could have been convalescing this whole time. I mean, he escaped from the from the uh, Starlight mm-hmm. Pit somehow, right? Um, mm-hmm. He was obviously incapacitated for the Jawas to get his armor. Okay, yeah. Um, for all we know, he could have been seriously injured and recuperating for years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, completely, you know, unknowing of what's around him, what was going on. Um, you know, when we look at the map, where this place is compared to Mos Eisley, it's not like it's, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump. Or a Jabba's <laughs> or pa- a Palace. Because we don't even know. I mean, we got to get a full map. Because he was around, you know, at the, where they're over the Starlight Pit, which I'm assuming is in close vicinity to Jabba's Palace. Where is that in vicinity to, to you know, Mos Pelgo? Um, he may not have known where to even begin. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the fact yeah. that, uh, and maybe the fact that he hears a Mandalorian had arrived on Tatooine started the trail mm-hmm. for him. He's like, this is a good place to start as any. You know, and he followed Man- he followed Mando. Mm-hmm. Also, we don't know exactly when um, Cobb Vanth got the Boba Fett armor. I mean, obviously it was sometime after Return of the Jedi, but right. I mean, there's what, a five-year time period? So it could be any time well, period. It looks like literally right after because the attack mm-hmm. they were watching the Death Star blowing up. Yeah. And the attack happened that night. So oh, the, yes, you're right. The, and then he wandered and for a few days and then for a few days yeah. at Makes right. Sense. So he, okay. he got that within a <clears throat> week after <clears throat> the end of Return of Jedi. So he's had that armor for, for a good five years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah make, I think it makes perfect sense that Boba Fett it wouldn't be as easy to find uh the armor. Right. But a Mandalorian landing on Tatooine, people he- yeah. hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Word spreads about that. And he he, he found Cobb Van, Cab Van, and Mel- Mos Pekel because Mandalor- Mando showed up on Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like the train of thought, and I think that's all accurate. I think, I think we'll find out a lot more, at least over the next two episodes. Uh, last question I want to do on the topic of the Mandalorian is uh, this one from Dutastic. He says, what if this season Baby Yoda gets captured and they take his force powers away and use it to make Snoke. I personally would not like that route. Um, but what, what do you guys think? Do, do you want? I, I feel like it would be a little not overpowered, but a little too much on the realm of. Um, it reminds me of a uh, th- this awful awful show that I watched uh, called uh, Avatar Korra, where oh. like there's a guy who takes away bending from people. I'm sorry, Goldman. I cannot. <laughs> I, that's a whole other topic in of itself. But like <laughs> people could take away bending and whatnot, and it just kind of lost the mm-hmm. uh, mystical aspect of it. So what do you guys think about that? I I despise that idea that you could remove someone's uh, force powers. I mean, it's one thing, like, obviously, in the Expanded Universe, there was the um, those worms that had a really complex name. It was like the Yisalamari or something. 
Um, those yeah. made you you couldn't use the force around those worms. Those, yeah. They were but, nullifiers. Yes, but they didn't like permanently take away right. someone's force. Just so in that was that it. was a little like op. If this, if you could just remove someone's force powers, oh, that would be. I don't like that at all. So I hope this. I hope that wouldn't be the case. I don't think that's what they're going with. Because remember, everything with Baby Yoda they're talking about, they needed the genetic material. That was the most important thing. Mm. Is they needed genetic material. If they, I don't know if they're going to use the M word. Okay, if they're going to use, if they're going to use the M word, if midichlorians <laughs> are, are making a comeback, <laughs> I wouldn't um, mind it. But. It's it's go, obviously going to be encoded in their genetics, in their blood, in their, their genetic code. There's going to be these mm. midichlorians, or you know, I'm, it, the, his genetic code and his genetics are genetic material is what they need most likely to lead towards this possible theory of mine with the Snoke and, and Palpatine's body. I don't think they're stealing the Force from him, but I think he could end up dying from what they need to do to get it. Mm-hmm. I, I have um I have one more Mandalorian question because it crossed my mind the other day. So. In the first episode, the baby Yoda's with the Nikto's, and according to the canon, after Jabba died, the Huts kind of just fell out of power, and the Nikto's took over as like the main gang of the mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars galaxy. Do you think it will ever be addressed as to why the Nikto's had baby Yoda in the first place? Personally, no, um, because well, you know, what? actually, yeah, and, and the only reason I say yes is because. We don't need it for the story, and therefore mm-hmm. Star Wars Lucasfilm Publishing Group is probably going to capitalize on that. They, they have a they've had a habit in the Star Wars universe where like it, it, that that droid that had a bad motivator and, and a New Hope got its own story in the expanded universe. Like they just want to turn everything into a little minute detail and explain every possible detail that we can get. I think eventually, when the entire story of the Mandalorian is over. Or maybe in the last season or two, um, like three and four, when we're supposed to get answers, I think that's when we'll get that kind of answer. But right now, I, I don't think it's relevant to the overarching okay. story. What do you say, Lunga? Um, it's it's not relevant. I don't think. Uh, it's going to involve money, most likely. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They probably did it for a ransom, and the Empire wasn't ready to pay a ransom. They just they want to get it back. They'd rather pay a bounty hunter to get it back than probably pay the exorbitant ransom <coughs> that they were offering to get it. You know. So I think it was just a money thing or power play. Most likely, oh. and so I mean, could they make a story out of it? Sure. Do they need to? Nah. All right. So, last question on the um, Mandalorian topic, and we'll move on to the uh, news about the Force Unleashed the three. Uh, Valkyrie King says, "Among Star Wars music, where does the Mando rank for you guys?" Personally, I think it is better than probably. Uh, I don't think it beats the original six films from Lucas because I I, I love John Williams, but he didn't use the. Uh, London Symphony Orchestra for the sequel films and Solo had awful uh, an awful score and Rogue One was also forgettable so I, I think it's I mean of course in the top 10 but definitely top 7 I mean it beats it beats all the new Star Wars films for me and, and I think you could argue that it could be Attack of the Clones as well because there's nothing truly memorable from the Attack of the Clones in my opinion and maybe even Return of the Jedi because you know the Yub Nub song at the end whatever but uh, it's it's hard to beat the John Williams score, but it's it's up there. What, what do you guys have to say? Um, I, I don't know. I've never really ranked my Star Wars music. I mean, obviously, all Star Wars music, most of the music's so great. I mean, I agree with you on Solo and Rogue One. Those weren't that good. But, I mean, anything with John Williams is amazing to me. I mean, you got the prequels, the originals, and I like a lot of the sequel tracks. Maybe that's just my bias. Um, And the Mandalorian theme is very good. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's Star Wars music is just like one of those things that everyone agrees is amazing. So I mean, they're all kind of up there for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of similar with you. Uh, Star Wars only. It's like uh, for me, the original trilogy soundtrack is great. I love the prequel trilogy too. Soundtrack, I, I think it's really good. The sequel trilogy, eh, not so much. Um, Solo, not so much. Rebel, uh, uh, Rogue One was decent, but yeah, I would say this is right up there underneath uh, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Uh, it's better than it's better than any of the new Disney canon stuff. Let's put it that way. For no, scores. So. Uh, Hundred percent. Well, on to the uh, last two bits of news that we have to talk about. There was only really two pieces of news this week for uh, Star Wars, and one of them was a brand new rumor from our uh, good friend, if you will, Daniel Richmond, who says that the Force Unleashed Three is an early development from EA, and it's uh, you know hopefully coming in the near future. And we got to remember the EA's contract goes out in two thousand twenty-three, and their game was canceled. The Force Unleashed. Three was canceled after Disney uh, bought Lucasfilm, but before that, I don't want people to think that LucasArts was like some saint of a company. They, they had a lot of production problems before LucasArts even shut down. So, Longa, I want to ask you first. Uh, of course, if you played the first two Force Unleashed games, and also, do you want to see a third one by EA? I did play the first two, and uh, if we're talking about as a, a, a gamer, not as a Star Wars fan, um, the games are great. They were fun. Uh, yeah. They were fun to play. Um, and uh, unlike Fallen Order, I like the mechanics of Force Unleashed. You know what I mean? Wow. It was much easier for me to play. Yeah, I liked it better than the mechanics. Uh, listen, dude, I'm old, okay? This this Dark Soul, <laughs> this Dark Souls mechanic crap, man, where it's like, and even Squadrons. I was so hyped on Squadrons. It's it's horrible that a game I love so much, I hate. Yeah, I'm in the <laughs> okay? same boat with both of them. It's like, this game is amazing, but I can't get good. So that's the problem I have with it. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, it was great. I mean, to me, I guess the only issue I have with it is don't we have enough complications with, with continuity right now in canon? Do we really need this very confusing aspect of the Star Wars universe thrown in again? Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the question I was even going to ask uh, Goldman of, like, if we do a Force un Unleashed 3, is that going to, like, is that going to be canon? Is it going to be expanded universe? Uh, Goldman, what, what's your take on this? Do you want a third one? Do you, do you want a third Force Unleashed 3 what will make, confusing us with canon and expanded universe? Uh, what's your take on this? I would be surprised if they would spend a lot of money on making a video game that's not part of the canon, especially if it has a campaign. Um, so this rumor I do find hard to believe. Because if you're titling something The Force Unleashed 3 then it implies that it's a sequel to the second story, right? If they were to just do something like Battlefront where they just called Star Wars The Force Unleashed EA and they kind of retold the story, that would be one thing. Um, but if you're going to do a third story, then if you continue that story, then it's somewhat going to be all canon. And I don't think there's that many like contradictions within the canon. Like There's a few smaller ones, but nothing really major. If you bring in the story of Starkiller and the story of the first two Force Unleashed games, those are pretty big events that do alter the canon in significant ways. So I I don't think this is going to happen. I would be shocked if it does. I would be shocked too, mainly because this is EA and trusting them with a single player story game is interesting. Mainly something like this, which the rumors about the third Force Unleashed three was, uh, or the third Force Unleashed was that it was going to be open world. Yoda was 
I, I remember slightly hearing this may have been through the grapevine of things that Yoda was going to be a playable character uh, as well. But to, I mean, wh- one of the reasons I am not against this is you guys got to remember the ending to the second game is that, you know, Vader got captured by Starkiller and he was getting hunted by Boba Fett. And then from what we heard through the story about the third game was that, you know, Vader being on that ship was kind of like similar to Darth Maul in season seven of the Clone Wars where, you know, shit went down, you know, like Vader caused a lot of torment for Starkiller. And I'd also like to see Sam Witwer come back and, and do, mm-hmm. you know, his star Wars work. He, he did amazing at Starkiller. He looks great. And also the graphics have really improved over the past, geez, it's been 10 years since the second one came out. I mean, the second one came out when 2000, 2010, I think so. I, th- I think like a week or two ago. So, I mean, the, the anniversary came not, not too long after this rumor, um, came out, I, I think, or, or right after, or right before the rumors started circulating. The, the reason I would believe this is because I don't think EA is in the good grace of the uh, fans right now for Star Wars or gamers. I, I think the Fallen Order game did pretty well for them, but I think in general, EA kind of had a, a dud with um, squadrons. So I think this would be a way to get the fans back on their side. And also I think it'd be a way for them to boost sales and tell Disney, hey, look, uh, we're actually still doing pretty good and we want to keep the contract going because, you know, a lot of fans are interested in the products we have to make. And here's another pitch. Do you guys think this could be a reboot? It it could be a third Force Unleashed game, but it's actually rebooting the series. I mean, I think that would be be more likely. I don't think it would be titled Force Unleashed 3 then. It would be something like Battlefront where it's just like Star Wars The Force Unleashed EA and then they uh, retell the story of Starkiller. I don't think I would be I think, shocked. I think, he's, yeah, I think he's way off on this. I think he I'm, I'm kind of this is, this is Daniel RPK. Mm, yeah, I think uh, from Twitter. Is that his Twitter handle? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of yeah, losing yeah. faith in him. I th- I yeah, I, I have too. This this is the one that's kind of um, kind of putting me over um, the edge of yeah. kind of like, all right, maybe I don't believe you anymore kind of thing. But It, it could literally be a source talking about another Star Wars game and production and this and it's, there might be some links being made to this title when it not being this title at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And And I think that's more likely. And if for some reason it is, I think if they're going to do it, a reboot would be smarter instead of trying to stick to something that's not even canon and it makes it even more confusing for fans in a very confusing time as it is for Star yeah. Wars. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be a smart move. And I, I really don't think – I don't see Lucas going with this right now. I think it, it's a bad move. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I wouldn't call it a bad move. I, I, call, I would call it a very bold move that I would actually endorse a little bit because – to me, it shows that EA would be willing to make another single-player game. For me, it would also be, you know, the inner like I think eleven or twelve-year-old when this game came out, uh, the second one, wanting to actually see how the story with Starkiller concluded. And also, the third point I want to make is this could open up a really interesting can of worms of Star Wars continuing the stories of the expanded universe, but also having its own canon. Because you know, for years now we've been arguing about you know expanded universe and and, and stuff being canon, not canon. But then before the expanded universe was officially not canon by Disney, <laughs> Lucas himself would say, you know, I, I got my films and you know, there's, there's that world, and then there's you know these these books that make me money, and I don't really give a shit about those, but I like the films that make me money. I, I really think that it would please a lot of fans, like the diehard EU fans who are never going to let go of Disney getting rid of the expanded universe. I think it would have pleased a lot of them 
if Lucasfilm was like, you know what, we're going to continue the stories. It's going to be a very, very slow process. I mean, like an expanded universe book every few years, but it's always something like this. There's a, we're, we're finishing the Starkiller story. We're uh, continuing the story of Republic Commando in, in the video game aspect. Like they're going to continue those stories and even give us like the Battlefront 3 that they were making back in 2008. I think I think this would be an interesting can of worms to open. What do you guys have to say? Uh, I actually, I'm not sure if I would agree with you that it would make Expanding Universe fans happy. Uh, if they were to continue, because I feel like I've spoken to a few friends that are big EU guys and hate most of what Disney's done. And I asked them, I'm like, would you want them to do another tour? And they're like, no, because I don't trust anything Disney does. So uh-huh. I feel like, not this isn't for everyone, but for the passionate Disney Star Wars haters, they'll be like, "Oh no, I don't want Disney touching my expanded universe. Stay away from that." Um, so yeah, I would be. Uh, I, I still don't think this is gonna happen. I would be genuinely shocked if this would happen, more so than any of the rumored shows that we talked about. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is happening. Final yeah, thought, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, and he's he's got a point about that. They like when the Bane rumors were coming out. You know, and and other stuff. And they're like, no, don't touch my Bane. I don't want Disney touching Bane. They're gonna mess them up. <laughs> they're gonna ruin Bane. That's like they did everything else. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And it's like, uh, yeah, I, a, it's not gonna make them happy. Um, because I think there's gonna be a lot of just residual. Meaning, even if it's good, they're gonna hate it just because Disney put it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll find something to hate about it. But, um, I, I don't know, man. Of all the things, any like, even though you pointed up Kotor, they said they don't want to touch it. But to me. Kotor would be a better thing to bring back than Force Unleashed, you know. And not because I didn't like the game; I like Force Unleashed. I thought it was pretty cool. He was way too OP, but (laughs) you know, it was cool. Um, But as as far as can you know, Star Wars fan wise, not gaming or game mechanics or liking a game, Star Wars like it's like did did many that people really care about Star Killer that much as in Star Wars canon? I mean, let's I don't I didn't I never didn't didn't as far as canon is concerned. I I didn't I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one could argue oh with the original whiny teen trying to follow Vader's footsteps as opposed to a Kylo Ren because uh, I mean, yeah. he, he quite literally looked like a knockoff version of Eminem who was always yelling about his girlfriend <laughs> or something like that. You know, like uh, it's kind of our Star Wars universe version. What am I? Am I a clone <laughs> of me? I don't know. <laughs> Where's <is> Rich? <laughs> like, it's Jerry Seinfeld in space. What's happening? Oh, Where am I? Am I a clone? Am I real? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I, I don't think we'll ever get it. Um, thank you, uh, Raz. He says, uh, this is the way. I, I, I agree 100%. This is the way. Thank you very much for the super chat, my friend. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to get that force in at least three, but one day um, make it a conclusion to that story. The last topic that we have is a little tidbit of news. This is kind of a funny one that I want to discuss with you guys, and I'll play the clip in a second. It's uh, Kanye West. He went on the Joe Rogan podcast, and this was what a lot of people who like Joe Rogan, like myself, were looking forward to this because it's been talked for about a year now, and um, finally happened. And they talked about the Star Wars prequels and the sequels. So let's uh, let's take a listen to what they had to say. Talking about the Disney Star Wars movies, hmm. that then it's not a work of art. It's it's hmm. a, a formula. 
Like two plus two is four. Let's put those together. We'll make some money. Mm-hmm. Instead of the original Star Wars, which was the hero's journey, which was like a Joseph Campbell book. It's like the, there was a, the, a beauty and a purity to it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an expression. Like someone comes up with an idea and they bring it to fruition. And mm-hmm. then you get to watch and you're like, wow, it moves you. Mm-hmm. The new movies don't move you. They said that George Lucas's prequels are worse than the corporate made Disney Star Wars. I'll get mad at that too. Like that, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. We saw how Darth Vader was made. Yeah. Like I watched that like ten times during COVID. <laughs> like don't jump, Anakin. No. I got the high ground. Those early like, movies were pure. This is George. This is his baby. That thing was set in his heart to show us as children the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys make of that? Uh, Longo, I want to get your take first. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much sums up the sentiment of a lot of older Star Wars fans. Or not, not even older, you're not older. But Star Wars fans that are more in line with Lucas's vision rather than Disney's vision of it. Um, it, it if you take the complete haters out of the equation, that's how they kind of feel. It's like, it does have a feel of corporatization, right? It has a feeling of... of Disney churnout machine, you know what I'm saying? Whereas Lucas had a story to tell, Disney was less interested in, st- in selling a story rather than selling um, a merch or selling uh, a brand, you know what I mean, uh, to, to, mm-hmm. to make money on. And not to say making money is bad. That's, I mean, George wanted to make money too. It's not like he didn't. I mean, we saw that with the merchant Ewoks. That's the reason Ewoks <laughs> exist is because he wanted to make money. Um, but it, but it's, it was still his baby. It wasn't just something he bought from someone to make money on. Um, so he's kind of right there. Can we appreciate though how he called it Star Wars is? <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to say George Lucas is like, like he's got the S at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, Goldman, I like this comment uh, from Ember Holocron. He says uh, Goldman looks like he's dying inside. You are you are truly the uh, the sequel fan here, which is fine because you know me, me and Lunger are kind of the uh, OT fans mm-hmm. and and both have our respects of the uh, we all we all respect the prequel trilogy in some way or another, but. You are the avid sequel defender here. What do you have to say to, to Mr. Uh, Yeezy, the future president of the United States of America? No, he's he's obviously entitled to his opinion. You know, he, he likes the prequels. I'm I'm glad he loves him. Um, but my uh, <laughs> it's an ongoing joke with me, and my roommates. We always try and find ways to trigger each other. Like they're big uh, Baltimore Ravens fans, so I always make jokes about Lamar Jackson and stuff like that. <laughs> so one of them's like, "Hey, come in here. I want to show you this video." And it was that clip. He's like, people say the uh, the Disney film or Disney films, the corporate movies are better than the work of art prequels. I was like, oh yeah, that triggered me. That triggered me. Um, I mean, listen, if, there's nothing wrong with thinking the prequels are great, and there's nothing wrong with thinking the sequels suck. Um, I mean, I I disagree. If you're talking about the Rise of Skywalker, maybe. I mean, that film does feel pretty like a uh, corporate. Um, but I mean, you know, I think the Last Jedi is also a work of art. Um, I'd, I'd say somewhat similar with The Force Awakens. Um, but, you know, he, he's entitled to his opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that he loves the prequels. I just, I strongly disagree. <laughs> Those are really my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I, I, w- I was surprised by, like, some of their insight on it. I mean, even Joe Rogan bringing up Joseph Campbell. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know he would know anything about Lucas being inspired by that. I, I think it's something to say that, like, Kanye West being an artist respecting Lucas as an artist. And I think his, his main message was the vision of George Lucas for his sequel trilogy uh, outlines and just his story and how the sequel trilogy from Disney, while probably using some form of the George Lucas outlines and George Lucas story for the star Wars films, 
it, it does feel a little bit corporate, like like Joe Rogan mm-hmm. was saying, is that um was it Bob Iger's book was saying that like he and Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams set out to make the Force Awakens to appease the fans and kind of give them a feeling of what Star Wars used to be and what it feels like. And I, I actually like that. I, I I really do like the Force Awakens. I think it is one of the ah geez, probably top five Star Wars films. It, it's probably is my number five. So I, I understand making films for that, but I think a lot of people just uh I don't know. I, I I think it's an interesting discussion, mainly among. I think it's what makes it more interesting to me is that these two guys, who are some of the most popular people in the world, also feel the same sentiment as a lot of people who weren't fans of the mm-hmm. Star Wars sequels. One 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 thing also one thing one thing about that interview that really triggered me when he's like, uh, "Revenge of the Sith is so amazing. Uh, you got I have the high ground. Like it's amazing." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just like it. Like, I feel like that line, it's it's just a meme. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, don't do it. Off. Don't yeah. hate on that line. Don't hate it. The, the best line in the entire prequels. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on it, but that just because Revenge of the Sith is a very memed movie, it does make it fun to watch. I don't think it automatically makes it a better movie. Like when someone says uh, it's over and it can have the high ground, I don't think, wow, that was just amazing dialogue that really moved me and merely sold me on the emotion between Anakin and Obi-Wan. So when, when someone uses memes as a reason to explain why a film is great or a work of art, I'm a... no, it's the other way around. It became a meme because it was great. Now here's the thing. <laughs> I got uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing you got to remember. Uh, while some people will say this, and when they say it, they're being really stupid and hyperbolic. However, I know me and Star Wars only are not going to say the prequels are a great work of art. They are not. Okay, let's no, be fair. <laughs> they are not. not okay. Close. Right. Right. Uh, however, <clears throat> if you're if you're a fan of Lucas and you're a fan of the vision he had for Star Wars, this was still his vision. And even if you can yeah. still you can still criticize the horrendously horrible decisions he made and what made them not great movies, mm-hmm. and still say, but you know what? It still captured the feeling of Star Wars. You can say that and still say they weren't great movies, but they still captured the feeling of Star Wars. Um, but when you get to the sequels, that's the thing. Listen, they had great technology. Last Jedi had the most amazing cinematography I've seen in a film ever. Of, I would say, arguably, the best cinematography of any Star Wars film. Okay? I agree. Um, the acting of Adam Driver was spectacular. Okay? I mean, there was a lot of good things. However didn't capture the same feeling that the Lucas vision did. That's the part. That's the issue. I think that's what people are trying to say when they say that. No, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying Kanye West is wrong. I just, I strongly disagree and I shared why I disagree. Uh, that's that's fair, and and I think you made a good point. I'm surprised, um, you know, the stream didn't drop about 120 something viewers <laughs> when you said that. Uh, when you said that the memes don't make it a uh, good movie, that that's that's one thing I've noticed a lot, and it's because I I have a really big uh, Instagram following for Star Wars, and the, the people on there are just you know so civil, and a, a lot of the <laughs> y- younger folk I would always see like they'd be like, you know, no, Revenge of the Sith is really good. Have you seen all the memes from it? And and, and it's like. I hope they realize the reason there's a lot of memes from the prequels is because the dialogue is so like bad. Like I remember like long, you probably remember this pretty well with the internet. Like I think it was between 2009 and like 2012 or 13, the, are you an angel thing from Anakin and the Phantom (laughs) Prince was a big meme for a long time. Like that, that was a popular meme because people were like, 
bro, this is awful. Like, I'm not trying to say Jake Bloy got bullied for a reason. He didn't, but there is a reason people were like, hey, this kid can't mm-hmm. act. It's because the dialogue was bad and a lot of those people couldn't act. And they made memes, and I love the memes. Don't get me wrong. The prequel memes are better than any meme from any trilogy that we've had so far, but. <laughs> Man, I, I know Anomaly is probably um, rolling over his <laughs> eyes right now, thinking that we don't like the prequels for the memes. But I, I, yeah, the memes don't do no, it justice. No, it went the actually complete opposite. Uh, someone in there thought I have a shrine. Uh, Claudio says I have a shrine to the prequels, dude. No, the OG trilogy is my favorite, not the prequels. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, <laughs> and just because I love the sequels, they're the original trilogy is still my favorite trilogy. I mean, I I got a yeah. cardboard cut out of Claude not because he's the best character in Star Wars, but because he he looks like a you know what, and it's just a really funny meme. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, memes are fun, but when you start to use memes as a reason why a film is very good, uh, I, I, uh, I have a I have a Kylo Ren uh, uh, figure. Yeah, see, I mean, there we you go. <laughs> you know, I have a Kylo Ren helmet down there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Joshua Smith says, "Are we forgetting about the cringe quote from Rose in the Last Jedi?" This oh, is the point have their you, problems. Yeah. yeah, this is the point a lot of people have made though, where they're like, uh, and, "And it's nice being in uh, me and Lunga's position of like not really loving either the prequels or the sequels." Mm-hmm. So, like when someone when it's like sequels and prequels fan going against each other, it's like, "Oh, I don't care," because I can see the faults and the pros and cons between both. Uh, th- there's a lot of arguments for the prequels of them being good that like literally no prequel fan makes like they're always just like oh your argument's bad but they'll never say like oh Lucas really you know revoli- revolutionized the digital world and filmmaking because I guess they just don't know about it which is fine but at this point that like the prequels dialogue is better than the sequels is just wrong Lawrence Kasdan wrote The Force Awakens Ryan Johnson despite not being a great writer he when it comes to dialogue, you know, the Disney films are corporate made. And so, yes, there's some bad dialogue in the sequels, but boy, the prequels tread that line. I, I yeah. mean, but I, I wish I could just wish away my feelings. I'll have a hot take. I think, I think maybe arguably the worst line of dialogue in all of Star Wars is in uh, Rise of Skywalker when he says, uh, somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> that that line always gets somehow me. that is a meta line. No, that is a meta line because <laughs> because Oscar Isaac is like, bro, we had no idea. We don't know. Somehow we didn't so even know. We got the script and we're like, he's back. <laughs> like, so yeah, somehow like, he came back. I don't know. They didn't tell us in pre-production. Somehow he came back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah, there. I'm, I'm I'm criticizing the sequels. I think it's an awful line of dialogue. I saw I saw a funny comment that will make you laugh. Uh, Stars only. Salty Pineapples said, Goldman sequel fanboy, Lunga OT fanboy, Stars only prequel fanboy. Whoa. Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe, no. Jeez. Oh, I wish we could. I wish it was just like a role reversal joke where, like, you know, uh, uh, Lunga has to defend the sequels. I have to defend the prequels, and Goldman has to defend the originals, even though I think Goldman would have the e- easier way to do it. I am far. Which also my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to not love him. I mean, <laughs> there, there we go. He's already got his. Darth Vader right. sucked. Kylo Ren is the best villain ever in Star Wars. Raylo forever. <laughs> and then anyone who disagrees with you, you have to call him a racist, sexist, homophobe. You name it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the the trilogy debate between all three of them is going to be really interesting over the next five years. Will the sequels mm-hmm. age like the prequels, or uh, will they just 
kind of uh, empty out into a vacuum among the Raylos and their own fans. It's it's interesting because I don't feel like the prequels are aging that well anymore. I, I think like you look back and you look at the uh, CGI, you look at the dialogue. I, I think it looks better because a lot of people don't like the sequels, so they're like, oh, well, all right, the prequels weren't that bad then. But I, I think eventually the kids, me and Goldman's age, uh, when, when they came out with the prequels, you know, we were kids. Now that we're older, we have a nostalgic fest for them. I, I think in 10 to 20 years, I think the prequels are going to be a little bit more irrelevant than they are relevant today. And I, I think the sequels might find some uh, uh, resurgence. And then I think the originals will just fade into obscurity where like new kids, like my, my children, I'm going to show them the, 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 the original trilogy and they're going to be like, like the Bible be a hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, dad, this is so fucking boring. And I'm going to show it to my <laughs> grandchildren when, you know, Star Wars turns a hundred years old in 2077. Like now this is filmmaking kids, George Lucas. I, I don't like the man, but he, he can make a goddamn film. And they're like, oh, shut up grandpa. Who cares about Star Trek? I'm like, Oh, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're too busy excited about Star Wars episode 15 then oh god yeah <laughs> i like this comment somehow oh, well, has returned <laughs> oh man uh, uh no joking aside when we when we game on my channel every every sunday um we play dead by daylight and a bunch of other games and i'm I'm that rage gamer right and and i'm not great at a lot of stuff so i'm always pissed off and it's always everybody else's fault not that the fact that i suck at <laughs> the game um <laughs> <laughs> and literally they've in my chat they've done a hashtag hashtag lunga dies first so it's like i i gotta die first apparently every single time so i put a shirt up in my store that says hashtag lunga dies first and me just like this so yeah <laughs> somehow lunga has returned because i always die first no yeah, that's me and among us every time i play with <laughs> friends I'm, not, I'm the first one to die even when they're like hey i'm not gonna kill uh star wars only first they, they kill me uh last super chat for the night thank you uh brendan dullman big fan of the channel he says just hopping in what did you think of the episode and that ending i also really like cobb vanth uh, we talked about it at length uh, for a good close to an hour we talked about it but I, I think to summarize all of our opinions we all really liked the episode i, I thought it was great um Actually, before we go, I want to get both of your ratings for it because I personally gave this episode uh, an 8.7 out of 10, which may, may sound low. And, and the reason I did is because it's a simple low. story, but oh, it, it, it works awfully really well. specific. 8.7. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to say eight. I didn't want to say eight out of 10. I didn't want to say 8.5. And I was like, you know what? I'll meet him halfway because it's not a nine out of 10. Nine out of 10 is an A. This is a B plus material episode. Love Cobb Vanth. Want to see more of him. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I love this episode, but I I don't think it's better than like the Deborah Chow episodes from season one. So uh, give, give me your ranking, guys. Like, Goldman, I'll let you go first. That's funny. So I recently made a Mandalorian video. Um, at the end of each, I covered all the episodes, and at the end of each one, I gave my ranking. So I think I gave like the first episode a nine out of ten, and then I watched the third one. I was like, ooh, it's very close. Like I think they're both nine out of tens. But just to clarify that I liked the first episode a little more. I'm going to rate episode one a 9.1 out of 10 and then episode three a nine out of 10. And then I watched the sixth episode. I was like, oh, I think that's nine out of 10 too. But I want to clarify which one I like more. So I gave episode six a 9.05 out of 10 to put it in between wow. episodes three and one. Um, I need more time. I, it was definitely good. It's definitely up there. I might I readjust my rankings because I don't know if I think those episodes are nine out of 10 worthy. Um, I'll just go nine out of ten. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, Lunga. Uh, right now, the uh, average is kind of 
you know, basically an A, nine out of ten. Yeah. What, what do you got? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to completely uh, reject your scale and give my own scale. Uh, I'm I'm going to give it uh, uh, eleven point eight out of twelve parsecs um, <laughs> uh, for rating. But no, yeah, yeah, I would get, it's it's I would say it's like a between an eight and a nine um, out of ten, uh, only because. I hate ranking an episode without having seen the rest of them for the season. Agreed. Um, I need to see the rest of them, and I need to see how this episode ties into what happens later on. Because there might be more poignant or more important aspects of this episode in later episodes. So, And it may, it'll increase the value of it, if you will, uh, when we get down there. So, But I, for, again, for op- season opener, um, it followed the, for- the right formula, the working formula, without being repetitive. Uh, we we got excitement. We got that uh, that westerny feel. Uh, we got a great new character right off the bat, uh, played by a good actor, and we got that surprise at the very end. Bada bing, bada boom, Boba Fett. Which, by the way, I IDBM for this episode credits him as Boba Fett. So, IMDb. Yep, yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, sadly, uh, Mr. Lopez over here is uh, not on the same plane that we are. He actually gave it a zero out of ten. Not enough Star Wars only. Uh, don't worry, all three of us will be in episode three for Mandalorian season two. I cannot wait to show you guys our cameo because, <laughs> as um as the man, the myth, the legend says himself, that's great. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be great. <laughs> you know, you know what I hope they do. I hope in one of the other episodes. Uh, Mando has a plan. It doesn't go well, and he goes. Um, oh, I think I may have gone a little far in a few places. No, <laughs> I may have gone too far in a few places. Did that? I may have gone too far in a few places. If they say that, then then it makes it intentional because that's <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> then Jack, I want to hear the show. I want to hear Moff Gideon say that. Before he dies, like like yes. the last thing he ever says, he's just like, "I may have gone too far." <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Uh, well, I, I think that's all the time we got for tonight, guys. Uh, went a little over, but I mean, we had a had a good stream, a good good amount of people tuning in, and a really good episode of the Mandalorian. I, I can't wait for. Uh, next week's episode on November 6th. And I think we'll all be here uh, hopefully reacting to it. If not, we'll do it for uh, episode three. But thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on November 6th. Make sure you subscribe to Darth Daddy Lunga and the Goldman's channels, who links are in the description below. Also, Darth Daddy Lunga is doing a pre-order for his comic book, right? The Isadora yeah. and Immortal Chains comic book. Isadora and Immortal yeah. Chains. Uh, I know you guys are mostly Star Wars fans and sci-fi fans, but if you like comics, there's any crossover. I, I am a comic creator. Uh, it's uh, Lovecraftian meets kind of uh, hero. Heroes uh, kind of comic book, um, and it's my first entry out there. And the Kickstarter was successful. I'll be fulfilling uh, at the end of November, so I'm just trying to do a pre-order store for people who missed uh, the Kickstarter to get in on it. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you check the links for uh, his pre-order and both their channel description. Thank you all for tuning in. If you liked this podcast, if you liked this episode of Chatooine, make sure you leave a like, comment, or subscribe because it does help the channel out. And we're also on Spotify now, so if you want to listen to this, check us out there. Thank you all for joining us on Chatooine. We will see you all next time, and may the Force be with you always.